Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We want to welcome you to our brand new series called Yes and Amen, where Pastor Nick talks about how to access the promises that are available in Christ. We're excited to see God's promises be fulfilled this year, and we want to invite you to join us in-house on Sundays at 11 a.m. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel to keep up with Sunday's messages every week. We love you, and now let's go into today's message. So our friends Petra and Carmen over there, I'm pointing, picking on them. We were, we were, they were asking me about church one day. We're hanging out, talking. They were asking me about church. And they, he asked me, so explain the structure of the church. How do things work, you know? You know, because he knows the Pope and all the different things in, in, in structure and other structures. So as a joke, I said, he asked me, well, what's your title? I, as a joke, I said, I am the supreme leader. <laughs> Just a joke. Because in Star Wars, they have supreme leader, right? So it just popped up. So ever since then, he calls me supreme leader. Well, then we helped him with some stuff, and as a gift, he got me this mirror. It has a Star Wars logo on it because my door has got Jedi, Jedi Master on it, right? And then it has the Star Wars logo. So Mr. Wayne got me that. He's a jokester. So, so they gave me this mirror, and they asked Havana, what does thank you in Afrikaans, which is buy a donkey. Those are the words in Afrikaans for thank you. They have the logo, and then they, have supreme, they put supreme leader underneath it. So I got a supreme leader mirror in my office, and so that's a standard joke around here. So anytime somebody asks you, what's your pastor's title? I mean, the, the guy, you can say he's the supreme leader. Uh, look at the person next to you tell me, you've got to have some fun, right? You've got to have a good time. Life's too short to be grumpy and miserable and stuck up and religious. Can you say amen? Listen. If you're stressed out, you're doing it wrong. The wisdom of Nick. If, if you're stressed out, it's not working. You know, if your prayer life is stressful, it's not the right way. If the things you're doing for God are stressful and you're not enjoying it, there's something wrong. All right? And you've got to find another way. And what I realize is most people try to copy somebody else. And that's where your problem is. Your relationship with God is personal. And if you'll just be you and be real and talk the way you talk, even if you drop an F-bomb in the beginning a couple of times, you think he didn't hear you dropping F-bombs all week. Why is it that you cuss during the week? Let's just talk a little, just talk. I'm not condoning cussing. That's not what I'm doing here. But everybody comes from a world where they didn't know God, and you grew up in a way that was not pleasing to God, and maybe your language wasn't perfect. Well, then they come around, and they hear, oh, this is Pastor Nick. And suddenly, people put on this weird thing where now they pretend like, oh, I'm in the presence of a man of God, so now I have to act differently. Who knows what I'm talking about? And I get that you want to respect people, but don't be two-faced. Be real. You don't live to please people. And then don't try and pretend with God because He knows the difference. So in the beginning, if you're praying and you're angry and you happen to cuss, at least it's real. 
Because God will vomit and puke at you being, oh, Heavenly Father, and trying to be something that you're not. Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you say, you need to be yourself. You need to be real. You need to be transparent with God. Because He knows your heart. You can't fool Him. But you can say, God, I'm struggling with my language. Can you help me fix it? God, I'm struggling with this thing. I want out of it. Will you help me? And if you'll get real with God like that, God will work with you and He'll bring you out of it. Can you say amen? Well, this, this uh, month we have launched a series called Yes and Amen. And um, this year is going to be a year of God fulfilling His promises to you. I'm not just talking about the, the promises that are available to us in Christ Jesus. Yes, those He will fulfill. But I'm also believing that this year there are key promises that God has made you with His mouth that He's going to fulfill with His hands. And so the Lord gave me a scripture that I want to read to you as our foundation scripture for the year. And I will say this too. You're going to hear me talk about this all year long. So you say, well, I heard this last week. Well, it's not enough. You're going to hear it this week. You're going to hear it next week. You're going to continue to hear it all year long. Can you say amen? You say, well, why do you keep saying the same thing? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just because you heard it one time doesn't mean that faith got deposited in your heart. You need to continually hear it so you stay in faith right now. Can you say amen? Because here's what happens. You go on the journey to pursue something that God promised you. If you don't keep it before your eyes, you start wondering what God said. Did God really say? Uh, You get lost on the journey. Sometimes stuff happens on the journey and now you're confused. Did God really say that? That's why you need to keep it before your eyes. To remind yourself what God had promised and what God has said. Can you say amen? See, faith is in the now. Look at the person and say, faith is not in the future. Faith is not in the past. Faith is in the now. Because you only live in this moment. So what is in your heart right now? Is it the Word of God, faith, or is it doubt? That's why you need to keep it before your eyes. That's why you've got to hold on to it. And so, Second uh, Chronicles, right? 6.15 says this, Solomon talking to God. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands. You have fulfilled it today. When I read this scripture, I was on the porch just reading Chronicles. And it jumped off the page and it just hit me. And as I began to meditate on the scripture and really think about it, this is what came up out of my heart as a prophecy. And the Lord said, you have obeyed and done as I've asked you to do. You have been obedient to the leading of my spirit. So now you will enter into a year of suddenlies. And suddenly you will see the things that I have promised with my mouth birth and break forth in your life. I will surely keep my word, says the Lord. And so... What I want you to know is that there is promises that are in Christ in the Bible, okay? There's a promise He took stripes upon His back for you to be healed. That's part of your covenant rights, right? The Bible has got all kinds of promises, 
But the promises are tied to laws. Say God's promises are tied to laws. They are tied to commands. You would say commands, but they're really commands. And so all of God's promises are yes and amen. They are available, but they are conditional. Let me explain that. Um, Open your Bible to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. This year, I want to encourage you to get a Bible. Get a New Living Translation. If you don't have one, we have some Bibles. You can, you can grab one. But you need to have your own Bible. Um, you need to get yourself a journal, something you can write in. Or on your phone, what you need to do is get a Bible app and open your notes or something where you can write things down. But I personally encourage you to get a book and get a paper Bible. Because digital world is very distracting. Uh, you're reading your Bible and then an Instagram notification pops up and then you get sidetracked. Or you go Google a scripture and you see some article and then you get sidetracked. Right? So you want to get rid of the distractions. But I want to encourage you to get a journal and start writing things down. That's how you engage. And while you're sitting in the service, the spirit of wisdom and revelation is here. And God is going to speak specific things to you that I'm not even talking about. And you need to write those things down. Amen? So get yourself a Bible, get yourself a journal, and start coming ready to hear God and take notes. Can you say amen? Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, Today I have given you the choice, everybody say choice, between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So here in this passage of Scripture, God is telling us that He has set before us choice. We get to choose whether we want life or whether we're going to have death. He says, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choices you make. That means you're not going to stand before God and accuse Him of anything because it's not God, it's you. Can you say amen? Say, my choices in life are important. Every decision you make, there's a consequence for it. Every decision you make, there is a consequence. And it'll either bless you or it's going to curse you. You either choose life or you choose death, but it's your choice. Say, God has set before me life and death and He's given me choice. All of God's promises are tied to commands. All of God's promises are tied to laws. And it is your choice to either obey the law or disobey the law. If you will obey the law, you get the blessing. If you disobey the law, you get the punishment. It's not God blessing you or punishing you. God has set an automated system in place. The minute you choose, you get the result. If you don't like the results, change your choices. And I encourage you to make choices based on the end result. That way you're making choices in line with what you want, not what you feel. Was that good? Make choices in line with the end result, not how you're feeling in the moment. Because I'm angry in the moment, so I want to punch you in the face. Well, 
you, you go with your feelings, it's going to be a bad moment because now you're going to get a restraining order and you're going to go to jail. Wrong decision. But I couldn't help what I was feeling. Well, you need to think before you act. Because every decision you make leads to an action that's going to have a consequence. Can you say amen? And that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is saying, I see the end result to the decision I'm about to make. And so I make this decision with purpose. I set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says this. Study this book of instruction continually. Or this book of the law continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. What I want you to know and understand is that God's Bible is a book of laws. It's a book of principles. And God has given us laws that govern life. When we learn the laws and submit ourselves to them and apply them, they produce blessing in our life. We now lay hold of the promise that comes with choosing to do the right thing. This is very simple. But I need to teach it to you so it gets in your heart because there's a revelation that you need to get. Re this thing that we do called church is not religion. It's not us coming here and doing some rituals. It's not something to clock our cards in or a social club. We've come here to learn God's laws. We've come here to make a decision. We're going to honor God and we're going to learn the laws and we're going to live by His laws. That's what the Bible says in Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. Live in line with God's laws. And what will happen? All these things shall be added unto you. You never have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to sleep. None of that stuff you have to worry about, your personal need. If all you do is focus on obeying God's laws, it'll all be provided for you. One of the laws is if you do not work, you do not eat. That's a law. Can you say amen? So you can't expect to have if you don't use the gifts God has given you to produce wealth. God did not promise you wealth. He promised you power to produce wealth. Oh, oh, oh. God did not say, I'm going to rain money down from heaven. God said, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you talents, gifts, and abilities. And if you'll use what I've given you, you can produce wealth. Can you say amen? But we honor God with our tithe and our offering. Why? Because it opens the windows of heaven. And it tells us that we're not trusting in riches, but we're trusting in God. To give us the wisdom to produce wealth. One idea can set things off for you. The way Misty and I, when I came to America, I had nothing. I had a bag and a promise. Today, we manage multi-million dollar business. We have multi-million dollar properties. Why? Because we followed another law. Be faithful in little so you can be trusted with bigger responsibilities. The law of faithfulness. If you're unfaithful to your wife, guess what? You're going to lose her. 
If you're unfaithful at your job, guess what? You're going to lose your job. So there's a law. It's the law of faithfulness which governs increase and promotion. If I don't understand this law and I break the law, whether I know it or not, the minute you break that law, you set yourself up for failure, decrease and demotion. But if you'll obey the law, you set yourself up for increase and promotion. God punish you because <laughs> you broke the law? No, you punished yourself because you didn't do what was required. Can you say amen? Listen, people don't go to jail for no reason. You broke a law. Now, if you didn't understand that armed robbery was against the law, that's your fault. Just because you're ignorant of the law doesn't excuse you from the punishment. And we break laws in God's kingdom all the time because we live by the flesh instead of following the leading of the Spirit. And I want you to understand that every law you break, there is a consequence. Because the devil's going to make sure the wages of sin is death. Can you say amen? The wages of rebellion. That word sin is the word rebellion. The wages, the payment for your rebellion is death. You earn it. Can you say amen? And it's the same thing with the blessing of God. You earn the blessing of God. One of, one of the biggest problems that we have is people think they can worship without sacrifice. You can, there is no true worship without sacrifice. Because when you're going to worship God, it's going to require you to do things that your flesh does not want to do. And so you have to put my will on the altar. That's your sacrifice. I want to do things my way. That's your sacrifice. You say, God, I'm not going to do things my way. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to sacrifice my will so that I can do your will. Don't ever think that there's no price to pay for worship. Worship without sacrifice is a wrong concept of what real worship is. Worship is going to cost you something. And David said, I'm not going to give to God that which costs me nothing. So promises are tied to laws. The laws are unseen, but they work. God has already set the laws in place. God's not up in heaven watching every person, what they're doing, and saying, okay, he did this right, so I'm going to do this. God's not up there stressed out. Everything has been set. It's in operation. It's automatic. How many people have a business where things are automatic? Or you've seen a business where things work and roll? And why? Because there's organization, there's order, there's structure, there's processes in place that work. And if you'll understand the, the structures and the processes that are in place in God's kingdom, and you'll align yourself with them, then you set yourself up for blessing. Who wants to be blessed this year? Who wants to access the promises of God this year? Then we need to understand our position, take our position, and obey God. This is one of the hardest things that people have to grab hold of. Do you know the Bible, the Bible is given order in the home? There's an order in the household. There's a position for every member of the household. If you don't know your position and you don't take that position, then you're going to have 
problems, disorder in the house. For example, the Bible says clearly, husbands love your wives. That's your position, men. If you're married, your position is love your wife. That's the thing that God tells you to do in the home. Well, what is love? What is love? (laughs) Baby, don't hurt me. You're not going to hurt her if you love her. You can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, and the Bible describes what love is. It is patient. If you have a wife, you know you need to be patient. Because when they go shopping at the mall and try on ladies' stuff, you've got to wait patiently. Don't you dare put pressure on a woman when she is trying clothing on. I'm talking to the men right now. I'm help- ladies, you're going to pay me later. I'm, tr- I'm helping you right now. You've got to be patient. Don't ever put her on a clock when it comes to what she needs. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to get it. Right? Go drink coffee. Go, go play video games. Go eat. Do whatever. Just, just don't make, go sit on your phone in the mall at that little thing and play games and wait. Love is patient. Love is kind. She, she's, she, she may be the weaker vessel, but don't mess with her. She's created equal in God. She's got other skills you don't know about. One of them is ruthless and I'll get you. They don't, they don't no problems with grab, twist, pull. They got no problems with, with going for the jugular. When a woman fights with you, you're in trouble. You might have strength, but she's going to get you. It's not a fight you want to tango. Don't tango with Rango, whatever you do. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It doesn't keep record of wrong. So that's God's standard for love. And if you're going to have a godly household, men, you need to understand your position in the house is to love your wife, to cover her, to protect her, for lay down your life to serve her as Christ gave his life for the church. That means, men, you've got to serve your wife and do the honey-do list. Not whine about it. That's an extra 50, ladies, right there. <laughs> men be like, you guys, you, that's a cult. We're not going back there. That guy's crazy. No, I want to I show you how to get your wife to love you and treat you like the king that you want to be treated like. Can you say amen? So there's some things you need to do, man. Love your wife. Lay down your life to serve her. Can you say amen? Men, the Bible also says, do not provoke your children. Do not overly irritate your children to the point of wrath. That might apply to some ladies that are the head of the household. (laughs) Love. You've got to raise your children, covering them, protecting them, believing in them, supporting them, listening to them, teaching them principles, being an active parent in the household. Men, if you mistreat your wife, your kids will grow up hating you. Your, your, your sons will grow up angry at you because they watch how you treat her. 
This is your place. This is your position before God, men, in the household. Then it goes to the woman and it says, woman, respect your husband. That's your position. Respect. Honor. Submit in all things as fitting unto the Lord. So if your husband says, honey, go down to the liquor store, get us a couple of bottles, swing by, go get us some, some, uh, some cocaine from, from the dealer, and then come home, we're going to put some porn on and party. You do not obey. Why? Because it's not fitting in the Lord. And then you need to find another man. There's some jacked up relationships. So you only submit. I know that's extreme, but I'm highlighting a point. You submit as fitting in the Lord. That means you don't take abuse. Can you say amen? Especially if your household has decided we're going to be a godly household and we're going to serve the Lord. Then you need to know your position in Christ and you need to stay there, but you need to stay respectful. Can you say amen? Ladies, part of the curse in the book of Genesis says that it'll be your desire to rule your husband. That's the curse. When you want to take rulership in the house and you will not submit and respect and honor, you're going to bring disorder to your home. Think about your arm. It works perfectly well, but if your arm gets dislocated, it might still be attached to the body, but all you have is pain. And when you're out of position in alignment with God's order in your household, you're like a dislocated arm and all you're going to experience is pain. You need to take your position, submit to God, and God will deal with him. Can you say amen? Because we're all broken somehow, right? We all came from the world. We all came from dysfunctional homes. Who came from a perfect household? Let me see. Raise your hands high in the air. Perfect at home. No, everybody came from dysfunction. So how is it that we think our lives are going to be perfect? There's some stuff we've got to work out. But you need to take, know your position and take your position to bring order into your household. And then thirdly, it tells children, obey your parents in all things. But ladies, if you're disrespecting your husband in front of the kids, your children will disrespect him and learn to disrespect authority. See, it all works together. Men, if you're going to force your wife to do things against the world, you're opening up a world of trouble for yourself. If you're going to force your kids to do things, now understand there needs to be order, there needs to be structure in the house, there need to be rules, and there need to be consequences. I get it. But we cannot force people to do things and irritate them and aggravate them and bring them to the point of anger. Can you say amen? We want to have an understanding household where things work in order. And this is important for your family to understand these positions. It's important for you to know what it is you need to focus on. And if you'll do your part and you position yourself right in God, God will take care of the rest. Don't take things into your own hands. But there's a price you have to pay. To love your wife, to listen, to care, to do the honeydew list. That's why a marriage is a commitment to give your life to that person. It's not, well, this is my life and I'll do what I want to do when I want to do and I don't care. This is my money. That's your money. 
It's not a friends with benefits program. It's a commitment for life where you're in covenant together before God and you're here with purpose and you're going to make a difference in your generational line and you're going to break generational curses and you're going to set up generational wealth for your kids to walk into. And whatever hit your life, it's not going to hit my kids' lives because I'm going to change it now so my kids don't have to deal with it. Can you say amen? Why? Because you want to leave an inheritance for your children's children. And the, the inheritance is, this is it. Serving God wholeheartedly and living pure before God is the greatest thing you can give to your children. Teaching them the laws of God and to obey God. But you got to get into the book of the law and you got to study it and see what the laws are. And then you got to submit to them. you got to humble yourself before God and submit to what he's telling you to do. Can you say amen? And this is foundational in accessing the promises that God has for our lives. Listen, if you're fighting in your household, you're not pressing forward for the promises of God. If you have division, you have strife, you have all these problems going on at home, there's no way that your heart is open and ready to move forward and grab the promises that God has for you. So you have to deal with these issues that are in your heart. You have to deal with the war that's playing on the inside of you about your identity, about how you think other people see you, about all the problems and circumstances. There's some roots that we need to uproot. Get your heart clean so that you can walk in love. And I'm telling you, all of God's promises are truth. If, if you read something and you don't understand it, it's not God, it's you. You need to press in to find out what God is talking about. Can you say amen? The Bible is the supreme authority in conduct. This is where we go to. And if God says it, then that settles it. Can you say amen? And we're going to align ourselves with God, not tell God, no, you need to align yourself with me. God is not changing the laws. They're not changing. It's not, it's not a debate. Well, God, I think that's a little extreme. I think that standard is a little high. No, He's calling you to that standard. And the Holy Ghost is the power of God, and the Word of God is the seed that will transform you into that image. Can you say amen? And so this year is going to be a year of excellence and order. We're going to do things to the best of our ability, and we're going to do them for the Lord. And we're going to get our lives in order. We're not playing religion. We're going to find out the laws, and we're going to submit to them. Can you say amen? Just like you know the laws when you take your driver's test, you have to learn the laws before you get your driver's license. Is this true? If you don't pass that test, you don't know the laws, guess what? You don't get licensed. You don't get to drive on the road. You don't get that right. But when you know the laws, then you can submit to the laws. You've got to actually practice for a year. Can you say amen? But somehow in the kingdom, we think it's different. We think God is going to give us everything, all our 
all our rights and all the things that He has blessings for us without us being obedient to His commands. That's called entitlement. You think you're entitled to something and you're not going to work for it. You're just expecting to get it. God does not bless disobedience. All God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, but they're conditional to you understanding that you have to submit to the law. Can you say amen? For example, Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 tells you that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. Salvation is available. Right relationship with God is available, but it's based on you believing and saying something publicly. The Bible also says that if you deny me before men publicly, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. That is why when we call people and say you want to get your life right with God, we ask you to get out of your seat and come to the front and make a public commitment. Why? Because I'm holding, it says here in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. It says, today I give you the choice between life and death, blessing and curses. Now call in heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. We want to have a witness to the fact that we've made a decision to follow God. Can you say amen? That's why water baptism is a public thing. Because it's a commitment that you're making in front of people. That my old life is done with. I identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And I'm going to start living like a new person. Can you say amen? So there are specific things that the Lord says they're available to you, but they're conditional. And we want to tap into the promises of God. Let me say this to you too. The Word of God, when you submit yourself to the Word of God, you position to hear the voice of God. A lot of people want to know, how does God talk to me? The foundation for God talking to you is you obeying the written Word. When you read the Bible and you say, God, this is what you command in your Bible, I am going to press in to do what you say. When you position yourself to obey the written word, you start accessing the spoken word. That's when you're going to hear God start talking to you. See, a lot of people want to hear God, but they're not willing to obey God. And if you won't obey what's written, you won't obey what's spoken. So God is watching you. Will they keep my commands that I've written down? Yes, they'll obey them. Well, if they will obey me in my written, then when I speak to them, they will obey me too. So you don't qualify for the spoken until you obey the written. So if you want to hear God this year, you got to get into the Word of God and start saying, you know what, God, I'm making a full commitment to surrender my life, to submit to the alignment of what you've said, and then you position yourself to hear. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so there's things that the Lord wants to speak to you, but it's tied to you reading the written word and obeying the written word. Can I get an amen? So there's things that God wants to talk to you directly. You know, one of the things that I thought about this morning is that we talk about encounters with God. I say that a lot, and I think that's normal, but really it's not normal. A lot of people don't encounter God. What does it mean to encounter God? What does that even look like? How does it even work? And I thought about it this morning, and I wanted to explain this a little bit to help you understand. 
The Bible says in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. And I've come to realize just, I used to preach this message all the time, but I, I haven't preached it in a long time. <coughs> One of my foundational messages that I used to preach was, if you're going to go to space, what do you need? Space suit. If you're going to go underwater, what do you need? You need a scuba suit. Is that correct? What if you're going to go into the cyber world? You need, you need the cyber suit. You need the goggles and you need the hand thingy, my bobja keys. So you can see into a virtual reality world. How many of you watch the videos where people have got their goggles and their stuff on and they're running into walls and who's done that? I've done it. And so the same thing is with the kingdom of heaven. If you want to encounter God's world, you need a spirit suit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what happens is your ears open, your eyes open, and you begin to have access to that realm. You cannot see into that realm. You cannot access that realm without the Holy Ghost, right? And so what I've discovered is that when you get into the presence of God and you begin to feel the presence of God, you're now in a position to hear God speak to you. But a lot of times in our quiet time, we worship, we read the Word, we get into God's presence, but we talk too much. We're trying to tell God everything. Tell Him all our problems, all our worries, all our concerns, what people did to us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we're done. And then we leave. You didn't give the man chance to talk to you. You didn't give him a moment to get a word in. My wife this, my kids that, I need this money, God. I believe in you for this, Lord. It's declarations. It's all these great things. But did you actually stop, shut your mouth, and open your ears and say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. See, we want to tell God what He must do. But we're not putting ourselves in a position to say, God, I'm here to serve you. What do you want me to do? And that's another big part of hearing God speak to you. We are here to serve God. We're not here to command God. When you love and serve and obey, all these things will be added unto you. You don't have to pray for cars, houses, food, clothing. All you have to do is get yourself in the right position, know who you are, and then say, God, I'm here to serve you. When you, when you make yourself the property of a king, and he's your Lord, he owns you, he'll take care of you. But it's tied to you serving his will, not you coming in with your own agenda. See, these are, these are key things that you need to understand in hearing God. You have to be in the right position. And then it's simple. It happens. Can you say amen? And then God can speak in many ways. You know, encountering God, sometimes it's just a voice in my heart. Sometimes it's electricity going through my body. So it all depends. Some, some very important things that the Lord has said to me, they came quietly. And then other things were like, wake up. The Lord can speak to you in dreams. The Lord can speak to you in visions. What is a vision? You could be standing in worship with your hands raised, and on the screen of your imagination, God shows you a movie. It's the easiest way to describe it. It's not you thinking up something. It's something shown to you. 
You can go into encounters where you're actually not sure if you're on planet Earth or not. I've had dreams that are so real, I wake up wondering what I was doing out of my house. I've had dreams so scary, they're scarier than Misty coming around the corner in the middle of the night going, boo. <laughs> dreams that, about your children, dreams about your life that frighten you. And you're thinking, oh my God, are my kids going to die? And the Lord warns us in dreams to get our attention sometimes. The Lord speaks to us. The primary way God is going to speak to you is in line with His Word. You have to know the Word of God if you want to hear the voice of God. God's not going to give you things that are out of alignment with His laws and His promises. So if you're feeling like this isn't the right wife for me, God, God told me He's got another. No, you didn't hear God because He hates divorce. We have to be careful that we don't make our needs the promise we're believing for. We have to be careful that we don't make physical things the promise we're believing God for. Because what we do is we look at our needs in our life, and then we base God's promises on our needs. And then when they don't happen the way we want them to happen, then we say, is God real? Does it really work? But if you can find a scripture to stand on, then you've got the right foundation for the promise. Are you with me? And then when you find the Scripture, you're going to find your part that you need to be obedient to to unlock that promise in your life. Is everybody with me? So if you read here in Deuteronomy chapter 20, uh, 28, verse 1, it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep His commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. So it's conditional. The promises are yes and amen. They are available, but they're conditional to your obedience. If you disobey, you do not position yourself to inherit that promise. Everybody with me? I've got to make this so clear to you. i just got to drill this into you today, like jackhammer it into you today. Because if we think that the promises of God are yes and amen, and I'm going to get them this year, and I'm going to celebrate, and I'm going to shout, and there's no price to pay for it, then we're mistaken. There's things that we have to do, which means we have to change our lifestyles. Can you say amen? And then it says, your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Your offspring and your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards, that's your, that's your cupboards and your refrigerator. Your offspring and your herds, it's your business. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. So there are promises available to you, but they're tied to you obeying the commands of God. Can everybody give me an amen? amen. Say, I got, I got it. So where do you have it? You have it in your head right now. The, the book of Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Look at the person next to you and tell him, You have a head. And you have a heart. You have a conscious mind and you have a subconscious mind. You don't change when you have information in your head. You only change when that information drops into your heart. Let me say it again. 
Just because you hear me preach the message and you heard what I said with your head, it's not substance until it drops into your heart. How do we get it from the head to the heart? Simple. You have to meditate on the Word day and night. Keep it before your eyes. Do not let it depart from your mouth. And you have to observe to do what is written therein. That means you hear the message today, but tomorrow you're going to take your notes and you're going to go read the Scriptures. And then the next day you're going to take the notes and you're going to read the Scriptures. And you're going to do it every day this week until you get to next week Sunday. Because what point is it for me to preach a next message next week Sunday when you didn't even get the message from this week Sunday? So people expect their pastors to perform and entertain them with great messages and come up with some new content every week, but you didn't even take the time to meditate on what you were told last week. So it's just a Sunday thing. I show up on Sunday, you preach to me, oh, I feel good, yes, God promises, yes and amen, woo but then nothing works for you. And the reason it's not working for you, because it's just head knowledge. And it hasn't become part of your subconscious mind. You know, there's a couple of different animals that have two stomachs. The one stomach, they just shove stuff in. Then they go lie under a tree and they bring that stuff up and they chew it until it becomes part of their digestive system. It gets absorbed into the body. And that's, that's the difference between your head and your heart. You have two Two places. It can get into the head, but if you hear it and don't take the time to process what you hear, you lose it. It went in one ear and it came out the next, just like your children. You tell them to clean their room. It went in one, yes, I heard you, went in one ear and then it went out the other one. Spanking coming. Weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because you didn't take what I said to heart. How can a young person keep his, his, his way pure? Store God's commands in his heart. So it's not just the head. You have to hear and then hear and then digest it and live it. Can you say amen? And so that's what we have to do this year. We have to keep preaching this thing and preaching this thing and preaching this thing until you get it. And then once it becomes a foundation and part of your life, you're going to walk in it, and then you're in rest. Why? Because it's now part of your, your lifestyle. Like tithing, for instance. People hear about giving to God in the beginning, and they're like, ah, I don't know about that. Miss Jenny, her testimony today was epic. I love you. You're just so much fun. So real, right? And so she's telling you her process of, I used to give because I was commanded to give, but then I started listening to what you guys were saying, and it has to come from the heart. It has to be something I do joyfully. Then the Lord spoke to me and told me to give a specific amount, and it was a big amount, and I obeyed Him. And then He gave me a car. Why? Because she heard and she obeyed, and then God met the need. Seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, and all these things shall be added unto you. It wasn't about what she gave. It was the condition of a heart. And there are many principles in the Bible. If you'll get them in the heart and they'll become part of your life, then you'll live in the blessing. It'll be sustained in your life. Can you say amen? 
And I want you to live under the blessing of the Lord. But that means we have to align our lives. Another thing that we have to do, and then I'm going to close today. Proverbs 18.21. All of you know this scripture. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Not only do we have to align our heads and our hearts up with the word, but we've got to get our mouth in line with the word. Because God sets before us life and death. Is this correct? But then God put that power in the mouth. What you say is very, very, very important. And here's the, here's the problem. A lot of people say, well, don't speak curses upon yourself. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can tell the faith that people are lacking by the words they say. So instead of saying, don't speak curses over your life, find a scripture and give it to them to meditate on to change the contents of their hearts so that their mouths will come in alignment. You are having what you speak because what you speak is what you believe. And, you, and your life doesn't change until your beliefs change. And you can tell when your beliefs change by what comes out of your mouth automatically. When your, when your heart has changed um, ideas, your mouth will change. And you can tell that people have changed by the way they speak. Can you say amen? And what you speak, you establish and you begin to create for your life. So if you want your life to change, you have to change what's going into your eyes, what's going into your ears, what's going into your heart. And God is saying to us in the beginning of this year, my promises are yes and amen, and I want to give you the fullness of what's available to you in Christ, but it's going to require you to change your lifestyle. You're going to have to learn my laws and submit to obey them. And if you will do that, then you will live in the blessing that I have for you. That's 2022. That's right, baby. So who's ready to enter into another realm of the goodness of God? Stand with me this morning. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his mouth protects his life. But the one who opens his lips invites his own ruin. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm very excited. Because the Lord has clearly showed me that if we'll get into our position at home, we'll take our place as, as fathers, as, as, as husbands, as wives, as mothers, and as children. We're going to see order come to the house. And when you have order in your home, you have unity. When you have unity in your house, then you all speak the same language. You're all on the same page. And what happens at home is very important. If it's not right at home, it's not right anywhere else. Do you know that the foundation to be a minister is you have to have your own home in order? That's the requirement God has for me. That if I, my house is out of order, then I, I don't have the authority to stand in this place. That's why when ministers cheat on their wives, they should lose their place to speak. Because they've violated the very foundation of what the household is all about and what God's house is all about. And God takes that very seriously.
Amen. And I want to encourage you to take a look at the people that you're spending time with. Uh, the people that I hang out with, they're, they're people that are where I want to be. I, I want to hang out with people, talk to people, follow people, listen to people that are going to lead me into another realm of the blessing of God. I realize that there's still areas where I need to change my thinking to line up with God's laws to unlock new promises. For example, I believe because the Lord has shown me in a vision that we're going to see creative miracles break out in our ministry. He showed me this many years ago. Well, what are the laws that govern creative miracles? Teach me, Lord, how to step into that promise. Because every time I look at Gigi on a Sunday morning, I say to myself, this is not right. This is not God's best. But you know what? Right now where I'm at... I don't have the authority to change that situation. But I believe that God can give that authority. See? So when I look at Gigi, she's a reminder that I need to work on moving forward to the place where we can see the breakthrough happen. Because we believe it's possible. And I want us to go after the things that are, that, that are impossible that God wants to make possible. That is absolutely impossible for me to fix the situation. But that's the realm that God works in. And so I'm not saying, God, uh, what's wrong with you? I'm saying, God, how, how, teach me something here. Show me how this works so that we can see the GGs and every other person get their breakthroughs. Can you say amen? It is good because that's what love is. Lord, I'm willing to change whatever I need to change to see your people blessed. But that means when we say I'm praying for you, are you really praying for people or are you just texting it? Are you just putting up hand emojis? Praying for you, up hand emojis. Well, they deserve what they got. Everybody with me? Say we've got some work to do. Lift your hands to heaven. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you today. And I realize that you got many, many things, promises that are available to me. And I want everything that Jesus gave his life for. All the promises in Christ Jesus have already been fulfilled. And they are available to me. Show me, Lord, where I need to come in alignment with your laws and your principles so that I can unlock this blessing on my life. I repent, Lord. Teach me, Holy Spirit. Show me, God. Because I want to walk under an open heaven, in all the blessings that you have for me. I'm ready to change, Lord. Show me the areas. Bring me into alignment, God. I cannot do this in my own strength. I'm relying on you, Lord, to teach me, to show me. I need your help, God. And I ask you to help me. In Jesus' mighty name. 
You say amen. I'm just so glad to be here.